I please have your attention? And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Scott Bell Show. A lot of people have said there are people now dying of the swine flu who are in good health. By whose standards? Hospitals serve Jello. Robert Scott Bell. Food advertising. You know the people. Fresh, natural, hearty, old-fashioned, homemade goodness in a can. <laughs> Robert Scott Robert Bell. Scott Bell. Dr. Agus argues that the fountain of youth is attainable if everyone were to take statin drugs. Excuse me? It sounds completely, completely insane. Taking on bureaucrats and corporations that would stand in the way of health freedom and making sense out of medical propaganda. The voice of health, freedom, and liberty, Robert Scott Bell. All right, here we go. It's the uh, September 11th edition of the Robert Scott Bell Show on our syndicator, GCN. Uh, of course, uh, robertscottbell.com for all the show notes. If you haven't been plugged into the newsletter, just text RSB to 22828. And you'll be in. Superdom's working hard on that, getting great information out every day. And we've got poll questions you want to participate in and everything. Uh, this hour, we'll acknowledge it's uh, you know, 9-11, 21 years after those uh, fateful events when worlds collided, so to speak. And the more you look back at it, the more uh, ludicrous it seems that airplanes did it uh, and that uh, caused uh, uh, you know buildings to free fall and pancake on themselves. Uh, although this is not the subject today that I'm intending to talk about. My guest joining me in just a moment, Morley Robbins, could probably find a way to weave our discussion there as well, because he's so well-versed in so many things. I <laughs> thoroughly enjoy every time we get together. Morley Robbins, of course, the author of uh, the book I've been promoting about copper. Everybody should be reading about it, learning about it, what we do here. It's been a great adjunct to all of the other healing modalities, protocols, therapies that we've been discussing for now. This is my 23rd year in broadcast healing. And uh, if you want to keep many metabolic functions functioning, you better dang well have enough copper in your system. And we'll cover a lot of the misconceptions as well as, uh, you know, metabolic anomalies. Uh, And I say anomaly and probably not in the right definition of the word anomaly, but things that most people don't know that Morley happens to know. And he'll tell you about it just to annoy you. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. Morley is just, he digs deep <laughs> on this stuff, and I actually enjoy it every time he brings something new out. So, Morley Robbins, welcome back to the Robert Scott Bell Show. It's a pleasure to be here, Robert. So you must have started this whole journey when you were about 13, is that right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, it was bar mitzvah time. Immediately from the bar mitzvah, I started my radio show. No, no, no. It was much later, of course, 1999. <laughs> But uh, Morley, I know you're on the road heading to different conferences, and you'll be joining me and many of our friends in a reunion at the Health Freedom Expo, uh, Tinley Park Convention Center outside of Chicago, uh, October 15th and 16th, and I'm looking forward to that reunion. We always have a great time together. Uh, So everybody, if you haven't made plans for that, Morley's another reason to go. Absolutely. No, there's always good meetings. I really appreciate the fact that they uh, brought those back online because those were really uh, important events to get everyone together to kind of trade notes and begin to push back the tide of insanity. Yeah, exactly. And so coming together is an important part of, of our life on this planet. And I think it's an uh, important thing to consider that, you know, we've lived through a couple of years of semi to, to real lockdowns, depending on where you're listening from. And it is really designed to keep us apart. Why is that important? Because when we come together and discuss things uh, and engage intellectually or just experience human to human contact, 
there are a lot of things that we cannot be deceived about, including fear of certain germs or viruses, when we could be talking about lecturing and educating each other about the reality of the immune system, how it functions, and what substances can neutralize things, even if they are created artificially by man and not a natural phenomenon, like you know, in the case of what happened in COVID. Uh, so getting together is important, and I would ask that you really, whether you pray or contemplate or meditate on coming to one or all of these events, you will be transformed in a positive way. You will make friendships, and you'll find family members you didn't know you have in the family of humanity. Uh, so again, I appreciate your encouraging words to help people to come out to that event and others, Morley. Looking very much looking forward to it. You know, it's interesting you bring up the uh, the fear factor. Um, but again, I think we're still burning off that that emotion worldwide. But what's important for the listeners to understand is that when we go into a state of fear. And again, I, I spell it a little differently. I put a hyphen between the E and the A. That mm-hmm. way we see the symbol for iron. You know, F-E hyphen A-R. And what, what people need to understand is that when we're in that state of fear, uh, there's two very powerful hormones that get released. There's adrenaline and cortisol. And everybody, I'm sure most of the listeners know that. Well, I was recently encouraged to read a book by a, a Michael Platt, MD, called Adrenaline Dominance. It's a wonderful book. It's a very, just a short paperback that people can burn through in, in a weekend. <clears throat> but I think it would be really important for people to do that so they, they understand the quiet factor that's been playing in a lot of their chronic disease. And so, again, when we're in a state of fear, like most people were or still are worldwide, it's pumping out these stress hormones big time. The part that a lot of people may not know is that when adrenaline gets released, there's a companion hormone that's supposed to be released, and it's called noradrenaline. What does the nor mean? It means no R group. What's the R group? That's called a methyl group carbon and three hydrogen and it's actually the methyl group that makes adrenaline so powerful and what the reason why i'm bringing all this up is that when we're in a state of fear the body is supposed to be able to naturally make both adrenaline and noradrenaline because they're freaking frack responding to stress what's what's adrenaline's job adrenaline's job is to increase oxygen consumption so that we can create energy and either fight the bear or run away from the bear. That's what adrenaline is all about. It's pumping oxygen into the cells, into the mitochondria to make sure it gets burned and turned into energy. Well, where's, where's more adrenaline in this, in this process? It's making sure that antioxidant enzymes particularly catalase and glutathione peroxidase are present to neutralize the increased exhaust that comes from making more energy. So again, we have this mm-hmm. beautiful design by Mother Nature. You know, we've got adrenaline, noradrenaline. And then <clears throat> I'm reading this book by, by Dr. Platt, very well written, very easy to follow. 
And I'm, I'm thinking, well, he's not really talking about noradrenaline very much. So I tracked down a really important article by Dr. Hesketh, H-E-S-K-E-T-H, from 1981. And lo and behold, what he did was he denied animals copper and wanted to see how they responded to stress. And what happened was they produced lots and lots of adrenaline and no noradrenaline. Apparently, the body can make adrenaline without copper, which I didn't know, which is important to know, mm-hmm. but it can't make the noradrenaline. So what's the adrenaline doing? Keeping us in this state of fear, frenzied state, but no way to turn off the oxidative stress. And I think that's where the world has been for the last couple of years, because mm. I've, I've renamed COVID. I don't know that we've talked about that. It's been a little while since we've chatted, but the COV stands for coppers vanished and the ID stands for irons dysregulated. Mm. And what's important for the listeners to understand is that when your copper gets challenged or compromised, iron's going to go crazy in the body. Yeah. That's probably the most important for people, most important thing for people to, to walk away from our conversation with is, wow, this copper iron thing is really important and I got to get on top of that. Yeah, and morally, of course, uh, acknowledging the many physicians who have prescribed zinc and vitamin C over the course of the of the COVID crisis have greatly depleted already low copper stores in most people because, one, people are not eating copper-rich foods. Two, the foods that are copper-rich are not copper-rich like they once were. And, of course, in the absence of copper, you mentioned, among many things, iron gets dysregulated. It's, it's not utilizable appropriately. And that inappropriate uh, presence of copper, I'm sorry, iron in the absence of copper can create problems where iron is definitely an essential mineral, but becomes a dangerous inflammatory mineral in the absence of copper. Yeah, it's a, it's a Jekyll Hyde phenomenon, mm-hmm. as we've discussed before. And so if we just it, that there's multiple facets to iron, and there's facets to copper, but not much discussion takes place about the dark side of iron. And I think it's important that we have that, that kind of unawareness. Oh, I, I love that we get to talk about it with you. And I will say that since I've been lecturing on copper, when I come to the anemia scenario and I'm, I'm talking to doctors about it, I'm playing 99.9%. And that might be low of all anemia diagnoses are wrongfully determined to be a lack of iron. When in fact, they are a lack of bioavailable copper in the body. And I sort of think, I feel like some of these docs want to say something, but they realize they can't because you're right about that. And we're right about that. Um, and they go, oh, they kind of acknowledge that they missed that, that you cannot utilize iron in the absence of copper. And we have completely depleted it. So add to that in terms of, you know, are, am I understating it or overstating it? No, I, I, think, you're, I think you're accurately stating it. And it's a, I think what's important about the last couple of years is we've learned that there's more to the story. Mm-hmm. We've learned that there's information that maybe we didn't know about. And I think that this dynamic around anemia, the perception that anemia always means iron deficiency, that's a misperception. And there's a huge difference between iron deficiency 
an iron dysregulation. And iron dysregulation is a byproduct of missing copper, missing bioavailable copper. And that's one of the most important things for people to appreciate is how interconnected they are metabolically. And if there's not a lot of awareness or mm-hmm. training in that, but we're, we're doing our part to, to get yes. to break down those bits. Well, and, and Morley, you're doing a bang-up job ever since you finally got that released a year plus ago or so. Uh, your book on yep. copper, Cure Your Fatigue. We have that linked up in the show notes, of course, at robertscottbell.com. More discussions about copper and metabolism of other things with Morley Robbins here on the Robert Scott Bell Show after this. In the health world through the power of radio, it's the Robert Scott Bell Show. Links are up in the show notes at robertscottbell.com, including links to my friend Morley Robbins and his book, Cure Your Fatigue. I uh, highly recommend it, and it is something that will be, uh, you know, a, a classroom in session every page. Uh, you will learn something new if you haven't already studied this, and many people. Even if you think you have, you've missed some of the stuff Morley's bringing out. And we'll get into some more of those things uh, in this hour together. And as we, you know, learn about the vital importance of copper, it's not that, you know, when we get onto one mineral, Morley, you know, and I know, we're not talking, oh, it's only copper, everything's copper. It's not about that. But when you have an abject deficiency or when you've overlooked a significant mineral to such a degree that we've discussed, that, that we've seen and we've learned about, that to spend the time we do on it, it's not even enough time. I'll just say it that way. Perspective is in order. No, and I appreciate that. Yeah, it's a, a big playing field, but we need to put the spotlight on, on the least known uh, missing factor. And I think that's what, what these conversations do. So before we go into some of the things I know you've got on your mind, to go into deep level egghead scientific research areas, which again, we do that too. Um, the forms of copper commonly used in dietary supplements. Most of them are, I don't know if they're amino acid chelates or synthetic forms. They're bought, and the man's attempt to try and mimic nature, and they, he never does so well. And, and so it's not as viable. But in terms of the body's utilization of copper, what forms do you find me, be most beneficial? Well, it's important for people to know that there's two states of copper. I think a lot of people might know that, but it's, there's plus two and plus one. And the plus two is found in the extracellular environment outside the cell. And the plus one is found inside the cell. So the whole dynamic is making sure we can get the plus two to, uh, to get, it's called reduced. It's a chemical transaction. It takes, it's changing the electron state, but turning it from plus two into plus one so it can get in the cell. It gets into a transport protein called CTR1. So a lot of the supplements out there are in a plus two state. You've got copper sulfate. You've got, um, what are some others? A copper gluconate is a very mm. popular one. Uh, there's a new one on the scene that um, is called copper bisglycinate. And this is one that's being made by Albion Minerals. And it's very unique in its ability because the glycinates take the charge away 
And so the copper is copper zero, and it goes right in the cell. It's a very new form. Uh, and it's got a lot of promise. People should be very aware of that. The, the controversy comes around the idea that the body has lost the natural ability to turn plus two into plus one, which is, it, it, it's just not true. I mean, there's, there are what are called reductase enzymes. Morley, I'm so glad you mentioned this reductase. You know, that the, the, there are metabolic pathways that exist even today to take copper in the various forms, like we talk about copper two to convert to copper one for utilization for intracellular benefit. I don't know why people can't figure that out. That seems to be pretty basic, but they often miss the basics. Yeah, they really do. And it's just, it's so central to the cells functioning. And I think there, there's a lot of fear porn about, oh, well, you can't get good copper. It's like, well, let's, let's think about that. And in fact, the food-based forms are probably the more natural forms. I'm, I'm absolutely in, in agreement with that. But you just have to be a little more understanding about the, the, I guess the double redundancy of our body. It, it, it knows how to deal with these metals because they've been on the planet for a long, long time. Yeah, certainly, though, we acknowledge the absence of other minerals can compromise metabolic pathways or the production of enzymes. We know that we, when we talk about the cupro enzymes, my gosh, how many things are dependent on copper for functionality. But, you know, there are other minerals that are complementary in, in the production of other enzymes to utilize these minerals fully. Now, as I mentioned before, uh, there's a lot of deficiencies out there, some doctor-induced, toxin-induced, et cetera, as well as just the, the chemical farming practices have reduced it in the soil, which means any plants grown on the soil will have less copper. Any animals that eat those plants will have less copper. So we've got to address the deficiency. We'll talk more about ways to do that, the reasons to do it, and more deep dives into the science with Morley Robbins, author of the book on copper we love and want you to read, Cure Your Fatigue. It's linked up in the show notes at robertscottbell.com. We'll be right back. Listening to the Robert Scott Bell Show. Taking on bureaucrats and corporations that would stand in the way of health freedom. Here's Robert. You know, since we've learned about the copper deficiency issue, the significance of it. Uh, Morley, of course, I've done a, a more concerted effort to supplement foods or or eat foods that have higher uh, amounts of copper in them. And though many people do not eat liver from you know grass fed animals much anymore, you still can get like desiccated forms of that that are dried and put in capsules that you can eat. So you know if you if you're offended by biting into a liver, <laughs> you have options. Also. We've been utilizing the sovereign copper, which is a fascinating uh, technological leap of the copper one, copper two balance stabilization within water. So that's another means by which we can get micrograms. It's not grams of the stuff. But then again, Morley, I talked to this other guy, this young guy author who wrote a book on copper, and he's taking grams and grams of copper to the point where, you know, you think people are freaking out if you hit the RDI. This guy's going bonkers. And I don't say that negatively because he's apparently not having any negative consequences of doing so. 
Uh, but we were joking about, hey, what do you think of Morley? He said, yeah, the old guy, Morley. I'm like, hey, hey, that's my buddy, Morley. Who are you calling old? Anyway. Right. But he's about he's about 10 years younger than I am. He's not exactly a teenager. A spring chicken, but, right. Yeah. <laughs> right. No, but the, the thing is, you know, one of the reasons why I came out with my own copper product called Recuperate was I knew that people were focusing on the desiccated beef liver. Yeah. But we don't know whether the copper is actually in the soil, do we? No, that, that's that's a, that is an issue. You're right. Yeah. So I made sure that there was this copper bisglycinate in the capsule, and that way people are going to get both the food and the, the, the copper that they're looking for. So the, the challenge is, uh, you're right, the, the foods are out there. Uh, not everybody likes to eat them. But the other thing is, not everyone knows whether the food they're eating, whether it's a cashew, pistachio nut, oyster, you know, a beef liver, whatever it might be, we don't know what the true mineral content is. We know what the nutrient table tells us it is, but, but that isn't exactly an accurate uh, expression of what's going on in that particular food. So people just need to know that they've got to update their options for getting this mineral in their body. And yes. I think the, the copper hydrazole, I think, is stellar. It's a great, great product. Yeah, we're not getting grams of it in, but, you know, we're trying to be efficient with what we can utilize. And and I've seen, you know, like we've talked about in your book, you talk about uh, ATP production at the mitochondrial level with the combination of copper and magnesium. And more people than not are getting on the copper and going, dude, I got my energy. Where did this come from? Like they're getting plugged into a battery again. Exactly. No, it's just people don't realize how many mitochondria they have in their body, 40 quadrillion. They don't realize that every mitochondria is supposed to have 50,000 atoms of copper. That's a lot of copper in the body that's supposed to be there. And when, you, when you're when you dealing with uh, chronic fatigue or any, any chronic condition, I can guarantee you energy production is not at its peak because copper is missing. It's MIA. Yeah. Got to replace it. Yeah, exactly. So again, the common sense, I, I call what we're doing is common sense, although it's uncommon, obviously out there, but maybe we're making an impact. I think you are making an impact and helping people to consider these things that have been overlooked or been outright missing. And, you know, the mineral copper is missing in so many foods and even the good foods with it have, has less of it. That's, I don't think you can argue that. Uh, we just got to acknowledge it and say, Hey, what strategically can we do to get beyond it? Now, uh, just briefly, and I don't mean to go into controversial territory, but another guy that I interviewed, I guess he's a nice man, but he's taking so much copper relative to what I've heard in terms of normal intake, but apparently at this point, not suffering any ill consequences that we're aware of, or he's aware of, um, you know, how much do we really need? We know that the RDI is set very low, the 900 micrograms daily for the average adult, a little more if you're pregnant or nursing. And, you know, I just... Ask that, not that you have a definitive answer because everybody's needs are different based on activity levels, but in general, can't we take a lot more copper than even the RDI says we need? Oh, ab- absolutely. You go back in the, the 1920s and 30s, it was very common for people to be getting four to six milligrams of copper a day in their diet. That was not at all unusual. And when someone was sick back then, they would bump it up to 10 milligrams. Well, isn't it a coincidence that the NIH upper tolerable limit now is 10 milligrams of copper. So I, I'm not encouraging that people run out and get 10 milligrams, but I think we don't need to be doing baby steps with the mm-hmm. RDA. Uh, I think the, the point that I make with 
with Jason on his intake, what he's not testing, what he's not assessing is how much is he excreting in his mm-hmm. urine and his feces. He doesn't know. And so he's, he's, there's a lot coming in, but he doesn't know how much is going out. I would argue that he's losing a lot and just is not aware of it. But people can regularly take four to six milligrams, and I think they will be pleasantly surprised by what they experience in that um, increased focus on copper intake. Yeah. We've talked about the these uh, controversy, of course, taking too much zinc, wiping out copper stores, vitamin C also. Uh, in the reverse, how vi- likely or viable is it that people take four to six milligrams of copper? Are they wiping out their zinc stores? Because my impression in reading the book is that it, it's much more of a one-sided, not totally, but a one-sided relationship that zinc very easily helps to reduce copper very rapidly versus copper maybe not having as big an impact on zinc. Correct me if I'm wrong on that uh, perspective. Well, they, they do have a, a bimodal relationship. Mm-hmm. But I think the, the level of deficiency and depletion is multi-generational. And the bias towards zinc, I think, is, in my personal opinion, it's out of control. So I'm, I'm not advocating that people um, completely ignore think I encourage people to have an ancestral diet, which routinely has good sources of zinc in it. Mm-hmm. I just don't encourage people to take a supplemental form of zinc because I think it really shuts down copper intake because the dosing is usually so high. I know people during the last couple of years who've taken as much as 75 milligrams of zinc a day, yeah, which is, yeah. that, that's, that's super physiological. It's just way too much. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, zinc in the absence of copper is out of control. It, it needs copper for the proper utilization in terms of even repair. We know zinc is important for repair. Uh, I look back at people with bone spurs and I think now I think zinc, too much zinc, not enough copper. And, you know, it's like the, 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 uh, uh, the carpenter shows up on the job site with no general contractor, doesn't know what to build. So just builds whatever he wants. And you're like, wait, no, you weren't supposed to do that. It's like bring the bring the copper back in and things come back to balance and real functionality. That's exactly right. The thing is, I, there are many more options for getting zinc in the diet. There are mm. virtually very few where you can find copper, any kind right. of meaningful level of copper. That's the difference. Yeah, well said. And I thank you for clearing that up, Morley. That's excellent. So what else have you uh, uncovered recently on your uh, uh, copper trails? You know, not only from the book, but you continue to research. You don't tend to slow down. You're so engaged there. And maybe we haven't discussed a few things. Well, I think we've talked in the past about the importance of iron recycling. Yeah. And every, every second of every day, we need to replace two and a half million red blood cells. Every second. And it's two trillion red blood cells in 24 hours. Now, the, the fascinating part about that is you would think you'd need bucketfuls of iron to support that. To keep up with that, that, yeah. Yeah, it's only 25 milligrams of iron. That's a, that's a very, very small amount of iron. But the most important thing for people to realize is that 95% 24 out of the 25 milligrams comes from the recycling program that is run by copper. Copper's in charge of making sure that the iron gets out of the old dying red blood cell and gets back into the the transferrin transport protein 
to go back to the nurse cells down in the bone marrow where they get turned into new red blood cells. Really, really important job. Well, there's a catch. If, if there isn't enough copper in the body, there's a peptide. It's considered the iron hormone, and it's called hepcidin, H-E-P-C-I-D-I-N. And hepcidin, is a, he's a badass. <clears throat> his, his job is to make sure that the recycling system doesn't work, to keep iron where it is, whether it's in the macrophage or in the, the liver cells or in the digestive tract. And what's fascinating, and it's, you know, there's several authors that talk about it. Uh, the most notable was from the University of Utah, uh, Drs. Welch and Ost, back in 2007, concluded that hepcidin only comes on the scene when there's a deficiency of copper. Well, that's a big deal because hepcidin creates the illusion of anemia that we were talking about earlier because the iron can't get back into the bloodstream. And that's the link that gets people back to how copper is so central to this iron metabolism. Mm. If you don't know there's a copper hepcidin connection, well, then you don't really understand the full picture. And so missing information becomes missing truth. Yeah. And the hepcidin factor is huge, absolutely well, huge. Morley, what do you think this hepcidin is designed to do in the absence of copper? Is it a protective adaptive mechanism, or would we say it's a, a dysregulation scenario that leads to more problems? But that's a great question. But hepcidin is made by what's called the HAMP gene, H-A-M-P, and that stands for hepatic antimicrobial peptide. It's there to protect us that when the body perceives that there's a threat, it knows that the good bacteria are in the gut and the bad bacteria are in the blood. And so there's a conserved mechanism in our immune system to make sure that the iron gets uh, sequestered, get it away from the bacteria so it can't replicate. And so the hepcidin um, hormone is playing a pivotal role in that whole process. And it's, it really is, in its original design, <clears throat> very protective, but it can be influenced by our diet, it can be influenced by our emotions, and it's just important, like, to, to be in a state of fear is going to affect the production of hepcidin to the point where it's going to cause the um, sequestering of the iron and create the illusion of low of iron anemia. in the blood. All right, stand by. we got to wrap this thing up with Morley Robbins, Hour one of the Robert Scott Bell Show. RobertScottBell.com will tell you how you can learn more, how you can find more, and how you can get Morley's book. The Robert Scott Bell Show. The Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. Special shout out and thanks to our friends at Trinity School of Natural Health and the Trinity Health Freedom Expo. We're going to be there. I hope you will be too. Morley will be there with us. And uh, if you haven't already picked up his book, Cure Your Fatigue About Copper and so much more, 
uh, get it and bring it, or you can get it when it's, when he's there perhaps, but I'll have him sign it as well. He signed a copy for me last year and I appreciate that very much. Uh, we also have uh, thanks to give to our friends at nutritional frontiers. They're very good on education as well. And they have, uh, they're participating also at the, uh, at the event, uh, at the health freedom expo and, uh, also orange guard, orange guard.com. That's a delimitin based delimitin best based pesticide won't kill your, your kids or your pets. And it's only listed for organic agriculture. So if you spray it around your organic gardens, it's not going to ruin it for you. And you can get that at your local Ace Hardware or go to orangeguard.com. Or if you do shop at Whole Foods, let them know you want some Orange Guard as well. And with that, Morley, wrapping it up here uh, a little bit more. Tell everybody where they can find you and where they can get the book if they don't want to go to Amazon. Well, I'm on uh, 95 right now. No. <laughs> 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 um, great place is um, rcp123.org. That's the, the main website. We've got uh, social media, Instagram, uh, two Facebook groups, uh, that the Magnesium Advocacy Group and the RCP uh, group itself, or uh, RCP page, excuse me. Mm-hmm. And then we've got the RCP community, and then folks uh, are also very interested in doing the training, and that's the RCP Institute, where we have two intakes at the beginning of the year and in July. So. We're just about halfway through the uh, uh, class. Uh, 16, it's got 220 people in it. And uh, it's a blockbuster group of very talented people. Uh, very exciting discussion taking place uh, mm. at the RCP. Excellent. And, and of course, um, the book is available uh, directly at that website as well? At the website and, and any online uh, book, book retailer. And it's okay. in uh, print, ebook, and audio for those who prefer the, the different options. And will you be speaking at any events prior to the Health Freedom Expo? No, but I will okay. be quite actively lobbying. Let's put it that way. Yes, of course, of course. Uh, so um, the book, of course, Cure Your Fatigue, pick it up and bring it to the Health Freedom Expo and have them sign it. Or if you've got copies that you're driving up there, whatever with, buy it there and support Morley's great work and his rcp123.org site. And you mentioned a new product, a copper uh, supplement, Recuperate. I love the way you're, you're really creative with the names that you come up with and Recuperate with CU right at the middle of that. That's brilliant. And all yeah. the other things we talk about. So um, in the last couple of minutes we have, anything else that we didn't cover that you feel today we, we must before we let you go? No, I... I, I I'm just thrilled with the chance to, to have this kind of dialogue. I, I, what I would encourage people to do is ask better questions and demand better answers from their practitioners. Uh, the, the, the people that, that we're relying on for these health decisions did not get formal training in minerals. They didn't get formal training in oxygen metabolism or energy metabolism. And, and that's not a criticism. That's just a, a statement of fact of their training. So we need to be really understanding, but we also need to be more assertive about getting to the, um, the real nitty-gritty about what these minerals do, what selenium is doing, magnesium, mm-hmm. what copper is doing, chromium. We, we need to have a better working understanding. And in some situations, 
we might be educating the practitioner, but we really need to make sure that we are more insistent on understanding the second and third order implications of deficiencies in these key minerals. Yeah. And we talk about asking better questions and demanding better answers. How about even acquiring the answers themselves? Uh, a lot of these practitioners need brain help themselves, and they might overlook copper as it benefits as, as well the brain and neurological functions. Absolutely. They do it all the time. I mean, I, I, mean, I talk to, to clients uh, four or five times a week, and the, the lack of awareness about true bioavailable copper is at a fever pitch, as you well know. Dude, well, you rock it every time we're together, Morley. I appreciate you so much. Safe journeys along the way to the Health Freedom Expo when we're reunioned again, uh, middle of October, uh, Tinley Park Convention Center just outside of Chicago. Uh, that's at trinityhealthfreedomexpo.com. Links are up to Morley and more at robertscottbelt.com, where I remind you that the power to heal is yours. The Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. 